Patrick Pooch from the Carlton Footy Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. Dane Zorko here from the Brisbane Lions. Jason Johannesson from the Western Bulldogs. Luke Parker here from the Sydney Swans. It's Roy Sloan here from the Adelaide Crows, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Max Orland, Melbourne Football Club. This is Matt Fife from the Fremantle Footy Club, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Hello, it's MJ from the Coaches Panel, the number 28 player in the 50 most relevant. Yep, almost halfway. Is GWS mid-forward Toby Green. He ended last year as arguably one of the must-have forwards with an absolute flying scores to end the year. But entering into 2020 with limited premiums available in our forward line, is he someone we need to look at again this year? Joining me uh, for a couple of days, we've had him in a row now. I've got the Fox. Hello, buddy. Hey, MJ. Hey, listeners. Yeah, he was uh, at 20 last year at a lot better price. Wasn't he? he was. He was coming in entry into 2019, a little bit of a discount. We saw, though, some of the best of Toby Green. We saw some of the worst of Toby Green. And we saw what we kind of expect year in, year out. Let, let's delve into that year a little bit. Still just 26 years old. There was some concern amongst the fantasy community. He might lose his forward eligibility. Uh, there was nothing to be worried about there. He holds dual position. He is a mid-forward. He's going to uh, have some pretty... Nice scores to look at, though. A 146 in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team was his top score of the year. That was against the Swans. Uh, while against Richmond, 138 was his super coach best. It was arguably one of his best years in five or so years since he broke out um, in a real way. Um, and that is because last year he averaged 98.4 in AFL Fantasy Dream Team, 93.9 in super coach. He's a little bit pricey in some of the formats, and that is because in Dream Team and Fantasy, he's the number two ranked forward in terms of averages. Yep, that's how many good forwards we've lost. 730000 in AFL Fantasy is his starting price. 711000 in Supercoach. Uh, and five, oh, sorry, in Dream Team in Supercoach, he's just over $500,000. For the past couple of years, Fox, as we talk about Toby Green, while he's been consistent in a couple of things and missing games of footy is certainly one of them, one of the things we have seen quite consistently over him is he's that kind of guy that just year in, year out seems to average around about that 90 marker. And last year, he did that again, albeit a little bit with a nice run home to get him there. Yeah, true, MJ. Um, historically, he's been yeah, very consistent, hasn't he? Um, and um, usually, apart from last year a little bit, uh, his uh, scoring basement has been pretty good too. Um, he's a very tough matchup. I was really surprised that he's number two in Dream Team. I couldn't believe, like I had, I've got him down here sixth in Super Coach, but yep. but number two in Dream Team that's huge. Well, that's, well, you think about all those big names we've lost from the forward line: Dunkley, Boak, Dangerfield, Billings, Marshall. Uh, that was for many people the forward line that they had last year. Um, and if Toby Green. Now, outside of Lockie Whitfield in Dream Team and Fantasy is the number two guy. You you do bring up a really interesting point about it. Hist- historically, he's been such a good scorer. You know, going back 2017 and also 2016, not talking too much about 2018 because he was injured for big chunks of that season, only getting to play just the seven games. But in 2017, he played 16 of a possible 22 games in AFL Fantasy. He averaged 91. Um, he scored uh, multiple hundreds um, in that year. In fact, I think he didn't drop at all below uh, 72. Um, in I think it was only... Uh, in super coach, he averaged 96, five tons. One was a 127 and a low of 70. 
um, you know, so to sh- remember, look at that. That's not a heap of tons. Um, you know, five in Supercoach, um, four in Dream Team and Fantasy, yet he's still averaging in the 90s. That shows you just that consistency of how high his scoring baseman is that he didn't really cost you in a matchup, even though he missed games. Similar in 2016, um, a, a really strong year again through there. Ten super coach tons, three of them over 120, a seasonal average of 90 in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team, eight tons and a seasonal average of 92.7. And if you started him last year, you do bring up an interesting point. I think he was ranked um, 20th in the 50 most relevant last year. He was coming in at a discounted price, Fox, and people that probably wanted to start him did so. He plays round one, and you think, okay, not the strongest of starts from Toby Green, to be fair. Um, you know, entering in, you're like, right, I've got my discount forward here. And then he returns you a 64 in Dream Team and Fantasy, a 78 in Supercoach. Isn't seen again till round six. By that time, most coaches have probably moved on. Yeah, tr- true that. And then he, and then um, when he got that role change uh, from round, what, uh, 17 to 21, uh, I think he, you know, a few rounds there, he averaged 135 in Supercoach. It was huge. Can you believe that? He, he was absolutely massive on the back run because, again, prior to that role change, and it was more forced out of necessity, that game where the role change took place uh, at the MCG against Richmond, it was when Stephen Cornelio went down for his very now infamous zero that could have cost people an absolute rankings and, and league matchups. He was forced to play in the midfield because Leon Cameron didn't have anyone else. And then with other additional injuries to Callan Ward um, and Josh Kelly, they just needed to hold him and another fellow member of the 50 most relevant, Zach Williams. Prior to the role change in fantasy and dream team, he was averaging 80 with only two tons and 77 in Supercoach with also only two tons. However, those final six games of the year, that is when we got to see some of the best of Toby Green. And this is how his scoring went in Dream Team and Fantasy. 144, 115, 126, 146, 142, and a 99. Not bad. Supercoach, even better. 138, 112, 107, 134, 122, 115. Massive, massive, massive guy that if you had him in the run home, chances are he would have been unique matchup. Chances are he was unique in your overall rankings. He was one of, outside of Josh Dunkley, he was the form forward to end the year. Oh, absolutely. And how many forwards have got that feeling? So, like the enemy is a, a Exactly. Ball. Like, really, it's Whitfield and... And arguably, Dusty, probably in Supercoach, still has a ceiling like that. But all the other players, we look at our forward lines, um, the consistent frequency of 130, 140 scores, that there's a handful, including him, that can do it, and that's it. Mm, and um, just having a look at this year, the, the forwards, there's a, certainly a lack of forwards there like that you can actually truly trust. Like, I know Green has, has his trust issues too, but yeah. just going through them, gee... There's a lot of question marks on those top fours. Um, apart from, oh, we're well, even Lockie Whitfield. He missed games. Yeah, uh, no, it's true. Yeah, you do look Michael at those. Walter. Yep. Yeah, and look, maybe he'll appear in the 50 most relevant. Maybe he won't. But um, you do bring up an interesting two couple of points there, Fox. One is around that he does miss a lot of games. It's either through injury or suspension, um, you know, even missing the elimination final match, um, you know, where he infamously was suspended. 
and almost, almost uh, missed out on, on playing in the grand final. It's of his tw- eight seasons in the AFL, just twice has he played 20 games or more. Just twice. So yeah. he does have this history, and it is a bit of an obstacle for us. And so I think because of that, we've talked about this with a number of players through the 50 most relevant, and the two points are very similar to Toby Green. One, just because he's got a history of it doesn't mean it's not going to be that same way again. Brad Crouch, 12 months ago, had an injury history, yet played 22 games. Devin Smith, Taylor Adams. We talk about it consistently here at the coaches panel, is even though it's a history to be wary of, it's not an only indication of that's what he will do. Unless you've got a crystal ball and you know, you don't know. All the history does give us, though, is an indication that because history does say he misses games... He's probably not the kind of guy you want to upgrade to because either through injury or suspension, history would give us enough knowledge to suggest you're going to have to probably use a trade to then trade him out again because of a concern around durability and a little bit of a hot head. And so I, I suppose the question for you, and I've got another question, Fox, in a moment, but is he a starting squad only player and then you just rule a line out from him as an upgrade target? Or can he be upgraded to during the year? I wouldn't rule a line through him because that role change uh, would bring him in, you know, almost straight away. Like if a couple of guys went down, you, you'd bring him in. You'd bring him straight away. So you can never rule out a player. But um, start starting like most most sides are probably going to start uh, Whitfield, yep. uh, Dusty. They're going to be probably the the two popular, main popular two, yeah. The main ones, and they're probably a sprinkling of. Um, Will people trust Heaney? Yep. uh, And Green's right in the conversation. Uh, Depending on how you, uh, how many fours, how many primo fours you're going to start. Well, that's the interesting thing, isn't it? Is it's a very popular one-two lock um, of Dusty and Whitfield. If you are going for a third premium midfielder, again, maybe that's too top-heavy for you with some value players. We've already seen Devin Smith as one of those names come through in the 50 most relevant. Blake Akers was a player who, who kicked it off, let alone another like a Stephen Hill who we've got the forward defensive flexibility. It, that's a good question to ask. Is it the year to go for three premium forwards or are we not going to get the value out of it if we do? Well, tough, tough question. Uh, really, uh, really depends on how, how you how, how you format your side. Yeah, yeah. We're going to go. Um, if you go uh, Gorn and Gorn and Grundy, that combination is going to set up a lot of teams. Mm. That extra player, I would imagine that extra primo where where that goes. We're not going to know the answer to to that rocket situation until first week. You know, the week before. Yeah, it's true. And we don't know what value rucks, you know, are going to be primed for the picking. Nick Nathaniel is another player who's already come through the 50 votes relevant. So it is all dependent on how people like to play the game. He's definitely in the in the F three, um, you know, in your team starting squad yeah. conversation. Yeah, you're right. There's not many guys that have the consistency of averaging over ninety. Um, he does have that. There's not many guys that have the ceiling in the forward line. He has that. What he probably doesn't have is confidence that coaches go, yes, he's going to play the majority of games. I understand that hesitation. The other question I have is, what's the real Toby Green? Because last year, prior to the role change, he was scoring and averaging in the 80s range, low 80s and 70s range, which is disgusting. Whereas historically, he was averaging 
you know, 90s, but in the final six games of the year, I think he was averaging in the, the low 120s across the formats. Which of those three Toby Greens are we going to get this year? Yeah, it's a tough one. Like, the perfect Toby Green is the guy that plays between, you know, the, you know, that gets those forward entries and goal assists, you know, plays, you know, that high high um, forward high role. forward role, yeah. yeah. There's plenty of points there. You know, so but it all depends really on role, but but he's, de- he's definitely in the conversation. Yeah, you do bring that great point up about role, and we've already talked about a number of other GWS players with Zach Williams, um, who's in a similar place of him. Of he really scored well on the run home. Um, can he retain those midfield minutes with Callan Ward returning, with a fit Josh Kelly, with a fit Stephen Cornelio, with the development of Jacob Hopper, um, Tim Taranto, who we talked about yesterday in the 50 Most Relevant. There, there's only so many points that can go around, as good as the side are with their fantasy-friendly points. There's only so much football that can be won, and it'll be fascinating to see the preseason role that Toby Green has and the roles of his other midfielders, because... Again, you might go, oh, he's playing full midfield. But yeah, if Cornelio, Kelly and Taranto aren't playing that game, it could be a little of a deviation um, and, and something that kind of skews you off if you're not careful of. Yeah, I think uh, Cameron, after, uh, Leon Cameron, after that grand final loss, he, he might mix and match a few things yeah, too. Yeah, it's true. Uh, you know, to get... Yeah, who, who knows what he's going to what cards he's going to play too. Um, yep. Really watch a lot of um, the early pre-season games just to see where these guys are actually going to fit. Absolutely. Look, if someone like a Toby Green's getting about 80% time forward uh, and still getting 20% of opportunity through the midfield, I'm really confident that I don't see a world where he doesn't average 90 plus. The question's going to be, how many games does he play? And if you're prepared to take the risk and maybe looking to go for three starting forwards, I can really see a compelling case why Toby Green is a genuinely good option for you. We lack forwards with ceiling and forwards we can trust and maybe you can't trust toby green and that's okay but in terms of ceiling whitfield is probably the only one across formats that can match him with that level of consistency of ceiling yeah yeah absolutely right all right well let's talk about where he goes in a draft he is currently ranked as the number two forward by average in dream team and fantasy the number six in Supercoach by average. Based on that, he's likely to be someone's F1. I suppose the two caveats, you know, depending on how comfortable people feel about how early they draft him is, can they, tr- what value they place on injury-impacted games? I suppose that's a factor for, for coaches versus his role. Would you Do you feel comfortable drafting him as an F1? Because I think that's where he goes regardless. But does he give you confidence as an F1 pick? He's a definite F1, but the confidence factor is going to either... Yeah, he's, he's possibly going to fly. He's, he's got a lot of his, He's got a lot of history there. Yeah, he does. Uh, especially with the faith, you know, the hands, <laughs> the faith, and that. Like, if the penny clicks, if the penny's finally clicked with him... Yes. Yeah, you do. You do and you would hope it has, and you'd hope... Um, in, in a perfect world that um, he, he is he is highly rated there and you would pick him, you know. Uh, I think, how did he go with injury last year? Like, uh, is that all behind him? Uh, he missed uh, after round one. Uh, he was injured and then he didn't come back till round six. Um, so he missed a five-week stretch of games from there and then pretty much from then to the end of the year he played every game except round 23 uh, oh. where he missed that game as well. So 
look, so he's got the continuity going with the with the injury. pretty much from round six onwards. He missed two games, including the final. One was suspension. One was just a bit of injury. Um, conservative move. Um, I, I would have thought that round twenty three game, if it was a final, he probably would have played. Is my guess. Yeah, I'd take a chance on him. I'd, I'd, I'd draft him at where you draft your, your F1. Now, whoever you're going to take first in the first round, second round, wherever you're going to um, draft your F1, I'd, I'd, I'd wouldn't be that wouldn't be as hesitant as I would have been probably last year. Yeah, and the key caveat question that you've got to factor in is there is outside of Dusty and Whitfield. Um, yep. There are a lot of questions over a lot of forwards for most of the fantasy community. As such, if you've used maybe our friends, the Draft Doctors um, Mock Draft Simulator, which you can go and check out right now, by the way, um, is you just, they do drop away quite quickly, the forwards. And so even though he's got the injury risk, he does have the scoring that not many do. And so, yeah, because of that, he, he could disappear off draft boards as early as, maybe as early as the third round. Like there could be there could be that steep of a drop off that people are like I have to get one of these ninety plus averaging forwards as quickly as I can, and so it could be as early as round three he goes. Yeah, if we look back at last year, like a couple of those, bit, you know, it, was, it was because of role, but you've got that feeling like if he's playing that particular role come finals time, yep, Jeff made a great decision. Yeah, well, you know, that's right, exactly. You know, it's that, it's that ceiling. That's going to win you. That's going to win you finals. Yeah, well, exactly right. Remembering how we ended the year, averaging well over the 120 market in every single one of the scoring formats, and had a ceiling that would make Josh Dunkley blush. That's how good he was going. Um, well, that, that that would have got you possibly into you know prelims and grand finals. Though those scores, probably on the back of Toby Green's yeah little streak there at the end. Yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. I, I I really like Toby Green as an option this year. I think his ownership percentage is going to be fascinating to watch. Whether or not it's the right call to run him as an F3 or not, again, it'll be fascinating to watch throughout the preseason. But a couple of games through the midfield, even with all their stars there, and a lot of coaches could jump on because of that potential ceiling. Hey, Fox, I appreciate your thoughts today on Toby Green. Yeah, thanks, Mike. Uh, see you later. Yeah, absolutely. If you want to go and check out the article on Toby uh, or any of the other players revealed so far in the 50 Most Relevant, you can go and do that at coachespanel.tv. If you're loving the content you're getting from the Coaches Panel this preseason, we'd love you to jump on board, become a Patreon, help support the Coaches Panel. As you do that, you'll get exclusive and early access content to a whole heap of stuff. The links for that also can be found at coachespanel.tv. We're venturing almost to the halfway marker of the 50 most relevant, and tomorrow we get to the player who lands at number 27.